BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. This week's guest is Sarah Lee, co-founder of Glow Recipe. Glow Recipe is a Korean skincare brand which has had insane success following its appearance on Shark Tank. But beyond that, Sarah and Christine are serious hustlers who left their jobs at L'Oreal to go all in on this skincare brand idea that they had. On today's episode, we get into how to build a brand from the ground up, tips and tricks for launch, what it's like to go on Shark Tank, tons of skincare tips, and so much more. This episode is full of gems and really actionable takeaways, whether you're an entrepreneur or a skincare fanatic. So I'm really excited to get into it. But before we do, I wanted to tell you guys about Array. Array is an all-natural wellness brand which offers solutions to everyday problems for the millennial woman so that our bodies are optimized and we can get shit done. The bloat alchemy capsules are my favorite thing in the world. Every time I have an indulgent meal or feel like I can't fit into my skinny jeans after ice cream, I have like three bloat alchemy capsules and my food baby disappears in under an hour. Array is organic, gluten-free, vegan, cruelty-free, and 100% good for you. To celebrate the launch, they're offering listeners of the podcast 10% off. Just enter the code DREAMBIGGER at checkout. And now let's welcome Sarah to the show. All right, Sarah. So let's start with discussing what you were doing before launching Glow Recipe. So before Glow Recipe, I was working for L'Oreal for over 10 years, doing marketing, product development. Um, I was working with retailers like Sephora and Ulta. Um, it was a pretty interesting experience in that I got to really touch the different aspects of um, building a brand. So I started out as a marketer in Korea within the same company. And uh, my job at the time was to bring what the French labs in Paris would develop, but sell it in the Korean market Wow! with the L'Oreal branded products. So some of the brands that I touched were Giorgio Armani Cosmetics, um, L'Oreal Professional Paris. And then after that, um, I was transferred to the New York office and this was 2008. Um, after my three years of experience in Korea um, to the New York office for Matrix Global. And I was in the global marketing team that was in charge of developing hair products for the professional salons. Um, I particularly had um, an interesting experience and expertise in hair color at the time. Um, So I was a global marketer in the New York office for that role. And then after that, I was doing marketing for Lancome in the U.S. 
So that's when I got to work directly with some of the retailers like Macy's and Sephora and Ulta. And I worked on the makeup category. Um, so some of the projects that I worked on include Cushion Compacts, Very which was cool, inspired yeah. from the K-Beauty technology. Um, and then the last role that I had before I left the company was I was in charge of the hair care category in L'Oreal Paris um, as a product development and research team. And for that role, I still remember I was inspired by the K-Beauty sheet masks and I wanted to incorporate that technology for an anti-frizz sheet mask for hair. And I think there are some products like that today, but this was many, many years ago. (laughs) And um, I was, you know, constantly inspired by K-Beauty and how advanced the technologies were, especially in skincare, but all categories were inspired by them. And, you know, me being Korean, um, but being bilingual, bicultural, but I was born and raised in Korea, And um, being able to have this access in this global team um, with a global brand, but also working with the U.S. retailers really opened my eyes to want to speak to a larger audience, consumer audience, with the best technology out there for beauty. And I believe it was K-Beauty. And when Christine and I decided to um, start our own company it was because we saw this huge opportunity that k-beauty was about to explode it was always our inspiration as product developers and we look at five ten years down the road as developers because you're supposed to lead the trend in beauty and every time we looked at the future of beauty the conclusion was always k-beauty technology you know without even realizing that they were from korea so that was a huge aha moment for us when we were you know catching up and discussing what we're working on and sharing some of the projects that it just came down to K-Beauty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're so right, though, because I I personally do believe that K-Beauty is just so ahead of the game when it comes to technology. And it's always things from Korea that are coming. And I'm, you know, every time I read about something new or I see something new, I'm like, wow, like they're just trailblazers. So it's incredible that, you know, y- and you were really on the cusp of it, I feel, you know, with Glow Recipe. So I think it's you were very much on top of things. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time it was about five years ago. So towards the end of 2014 is when we founded GlowRecipe.com and it was an e-commerce destination that introduced and discovered for the U.S. consumer and the global market the best of K-Beauty, um, focusing on natural skincare from Korea. And when we came up with that concept, to your point, it was, you know, K-Beauty was very much trending at the time, but it wasn't big enough for everybody to know what this category was, category was all about. But I think also there was a level of interest, at least from the editors and the influencers or, sure. or those that were early adopters. savvy, exactly early ad- adopters and skincare savvy um, customers that were intrigued and interested in the K-beauty category. But there were more people out there that just didn't understand anything about KBD or didn't know how to access KBD products or technologies or even the how-tos. So we wanted to create this destination for people to come and learn about KBD, why it's great, why we brought it over to the States, why these products specifically are amazing for your skin to get that ultimate glow. And our mission was not not only to introduce the, the formulas and the technologies, but also to teach people at least from what we knew, why this is amazing for you. 
So when you were initially working for L'Oreal and you were in the Korean market, um, you said for three years, am I correct? Um, you were bringing like lab technologies from Paris into Korea. So did you notice that like there was a difference in the way that Korean skin, sorry, Korean women consumed skincare as opposed to women in the U.S., for example? There's definitely a huge difference. I think that overall the holistic approach or the philosophy was very different. I think that gap is becoming narrower and narrower today. But at that time, um, you know, the philosophy to take care of your skin, even from a very early age, was something that the Korean market was focused on. Everybody that I knew, myself included, we learned skincare from our, our mothers who learned skincare from their mothers. And this was something that was transcended generation after generation. Um, and skincare is part of self-care and staying healthy Absolutely. and that healthy glow from within is what defined beauty in korea so prevention was key always making sure that hydration is part of every single step of the routine cleansing very thoroughly so you have no residue left um, and applying sunscreen religiously was you know, were the three things that we believed in and we were taught from a very young age. I think the American consumer, a lot of them knew this, but I don't think it was a, you know, daily practice or yeah. a ritual. I think that um, the priority here, at least, you know, years ago was repair as opposed to prevention because a lot of the skincare products or the innovations that came from the U.S. market were focused on, you know, anti-wrinkle, um, firming your skin after it's already sagging, um, instant results that, you know, will erase your wrinkles and fine lines. I mean, those were the sort of language that we saw across a lot of the products that were coming out of this market. So I think there was definitely that um, gap, if you will. And I think as the skincare market is growing in this country and globally, there's this real deep understanding, It's which is sp spreading, that if you have healthy glow, if you have a healthy skin, then your makeup will also be enhanced. Yeah. And I think that is becoming a thing. I think people really realize that. And and then the second part of, you know, what's really amazing is people are learning that if you take better care of your skin, that is your self-care. And we're seeing that more and more again. You know, I think the experience of application of skincare products are becoming a little bit more important than it used to be. I think the mind shift of skincare being a chore versus something that's enjoyable is what we're seeing more and more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that now there is definitely this like new age of interest in skincare. And I'm glad that that gap between, um, you know, Korean women and women from the from North America like that's closing because it's true like having good skin it gives you the best canvas to work with and that way yeah if you want to put on makeup it gives you a great blank canvas or you can go out without it if you know you've built up a strong skincare routine and your skin glows from within so right. I think it's I think it's really really great and I think we're going <laughs> in the right direction I agree um okay so actually let's go back a little bit how did you and Christine meet so Christine and I have been friends for many years, over a decade. Wow. We first met back in Korea when we were both starting our career in L'Oreal. Oh, okay. So um, since then, we, you know, we quickly became friends over many mutual interests, especially our passion for beauty. Um, and we had spent many, many sort of nights together. Um, we were intern alumni <laughs> from L'Oreal. And... 
it's funny how things all come full circle because, you know, L'Oreal transferred me from the Korea office to the New York office in 2008. And at that time, Christine was also moving to New York. Oh, my God. For personal reasons. Yeah. And it just wasn't planned. It was a coincidence. But I love that we were here in the same city again. You know, when I moved here, I didn't have any friends. I mean, I had one cousin that lived in the city, but that was really the <laughs> yeah. only person I knew. And to have another friend um, here was amazing. So since then, I think we just really depended on each other on just, you know, life advice, but also sharing beauty elements and secrets. Um, and then what's really interesting is she ended up, she missed being in beauty so much that she came to work for L'Oreal again in the New York office. Wow. So we became colleagues again. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy, right? Um, and then in tw 2014, we were catching up as per usual in my apartment and we were drinking wine, just winding down together. Um, we were sheet masking together. <laughs> and, you know, we were sharing, again, the projects that we were working on. And we just had this weird aha moment thinking, oh my God, we're both the only two Korean employees in the entire company that are bilingual, bicultural, but came from Korea. Um, and we were working on these projects that were inspired by K-Beauty. I mean, we have the network in Korea. We know the beauty insiders of the insiders. We have access that's very unique and we understand this market and the consumer. So why not the two of us join forces and do something together? How fun would it be? So that was this moment that we had. And um, so that was, I guess, the beginning of Glow Recipe. That was the beginning of our company. So walk me through inception to launch. Like you guys have this crazy idea I mean, what was what was the whole process like from there to your launch? Like, did you have a strategy? Like, how did it go? <laughs> yeah, so we were, um, I think our entire lives were just spent focusing on beauty and how passionate we were, were was what drove us to our entire career path. When we were starting out, um, we were just so excited and passionate about this white space that we saw in the market that we knew that this would blow up and we wanted to give it all that we had to make sure that we're giving the right education, the right context and content for people to understand that K-beauty is not something that's just cute or fun and looks interesting, but it's actually efficacious for the skin, that there are amazing ingredients from the Korean beauty category that could be so great, but also there's this discovery factor that we wanted to be part of. So what we decided to do right away was um, quit our jobs <laughs> and, and buy flight tickets to Korea. And we literally did that in the next couple of weeks after we decided that that was the right thing to do. Ballsy. It was it was courageous, yes. Looking back. Incredible. It was it was crazy, you know, because I think everybody around us were genuinely worried. You know, we <laughs> didn't really have a huge business plan in, in mind. We just knew that this was something that we wanted to jump into right away and get started because, you know, we believed that there was a timing aspect. We knew that this was on the cusp of exploding. But again, we, w we felt like there was a sense of mission that we wanted to, you know, make the direction a little bit more of that efficacious results driven direction as opposed to kitschy cute you know affordable promotion driven k-beauty which we saw in various websites at the time so we felt it was now we had to jump in it right now at the time i was single um and i didn't have health benefits or insurance <laughs> 
even in mind. I, I can't, looking back, it was a little crazy. Um, but I think when you're so passionate and when you're so driven by something. Yeah, it's you have this like gut reaction. You have that yeah. gut reaction. And then, so we quit our jobs. We flew back to Korea and we decided to just, you know, curate and find the best skincare products and brands in the market. So we walked around beauty streets. We went to beauty retailers and stores and we tested hundreds of products and we cold emailed and called 30 brands right off the bat. We had no website. We had passion and we had this great pitch <laughs> that we presented in front of all these brands. Um, and some of them probably were thinking, Oh my God, who are you guys? I mean, we understand that you worked for a corporate but um how should we believe that this would be a future um or how can we believe that we could be good partners so again looking back we were brave um but we came back with nine contracts with the brands out of the 30 that we reached out to that's incredible wow <laughs> and uh, i still remember that day i mean christine and i were just jumping up and down like screaming of happiness that we signed nine contracts that we didn't even dream that was possible so um that's how it started we came back we worked with shopify which is an e-commerce uh, platform um it was very easy actually in terms of just understanding what the platform could be i mean obviously we weren't you know developers or coders so we didn't really understand all the intricate details that went into it so we had to google everything we hired a couple people that were paid you know x amount of dollars per hour to to optimize our website christine learned how to do photoshop um i mean we were just being scrappy hustlers, yeah, yeah we were scrappy and we just made it all work and you know, it wasn't perfect and there was a lot of room to optimize, but we still launched our website um, because I think we wanted to learn by doing in the beginning. And this was November of 2014 and, you know, nobody knew us. We just tested things out. We were shipping things to ourselves and our family members, <laughs> but we learned so much by doing that because I think, you know, you just don't know until you get there. So that was how we started. Um we decided that, you know, we, we had to establish our website. And once we've done that with, you know, trademarking our name, getting um, our, our, you know, LLC uh, registered, getting um, a little office space in New York City where we could actually sit together and brainstorm and work, but also ship products from. Um, so we got that covered. The next step for us was to make sure that our brand awareness is out there because, you know, we, nobody knew. So we started out by sending an email, personal emails um, to everybody that we knew, friends, family, ex-colleagues, whoever, and sent them this note saying we're really excited to start this adventure, this journey in life, and um, we'd love for them to just be part of it. Um, and then after that, we decided to reach out to press outlets and some influencers that we found online that could potentially be um, people that would love our products and uh, we googled a lot of email addresses um, we kind of figured out the email formats of certain publications um, and we sent out five to six hundred emails in one week between Christine and myself amazing <laughs> amazing and that resulted in I guess like the website starting to grow and getting yes. that traction that you yeah. wanted yeah, we got some great responses. I mean, we didn't get a ton back, but from the few that we got back, which 
you know, when you first start such a adventure and in a way it's a risk taking adventure, um, and there are a few people that come back to you, those are the people that you'll never forget and are forever grateful for. So I still, um, you know, are f- I'm still friends with all these editors that came back to us the first time we pitched. Um, but those are the ones that really helped us put our name on the map. You know, one of the platforms was um, Fashionista. Another one was Refinery29. And after some of the articles that they wrote about us, we could not keep stock. I mean, it was very powerful. But I think it was also coming from, you know, the editors that were genuinely really in love with the products that we pitched to them. And from then we grew and within three months we broke even. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So from there, I mean, obviously, you guys went on to be on Shark Tank. <laughs> so that's obviously something I really want to touch on. Tell me about that experience. So Shark Tank was one of the most memorable, crazy, exhilarating experiences of our lives. I mean, Christine and I still talk about it because um, that experience was just so surreal. So this was uh, the whole segment aired. Yeah. The segment aired on at the end of 2015, and we were we were standing in front of I think five sharks, and it was incredible because within 30 seconds you have to pitch your business with the right concept, um, the right sort of pitch angle to make sure that it is catchy but also re- really interesting and shows that there's a huge business potential. Um, so we practiced that over and over again, and we were standing in front of the sharks who were very sharp, obviously, um, and pretty much um, grilling us over every aspect of our business. But even before we got onto that stage, you know, we didn't we knew that it was a long shot. We were just a few months into our business. We didn't really think that we would be featured actually. We just wanted to take the risk and see where this goes. So when we saw that there was uh, open casting, we just submitted um, this application form and um, we stood in line for an open casting in New York and it was I still remember it was April of 2015 it was freezing in New York still even though it was April <laughs> and we pitched with our sheet masks on I love that <laughs> that's I how everything that. started that's amazing so what was the most intimidating part of being on Shark Tank so I think the most intimidating part was that they were asking every little detailed aspect of our business so we wanted to make sure that we were we just had everything we were on top of everything and we wanted to make sure that every answer we provide is compelling as well so I think just preparing and making sure that we're there coming across as very confident business savvy entrepreneurs that knew every aspect of the business was the intimidating part but on the flip side I think that made us become so much stronger and just have a better handle of our business because I learned a lot even through preparing um, that process. It's like baptism by fire, (laughs) like (laughs) on TV. Right. And we put together, I mean, Christine and I watched every single episode of Shark Tank because we wanted to understand the type of questions that the sharks were asking. And we also wanted to learn um, how the entrepreneurs, the successful ones were responding and the overall energy and vibe of, um, each episode. So we put together like a question, like a Q&A between her and I so that we could really study them in a way, but also 
um, have this like mini simulation between ourselves. So, you know, this is one of the great things that you have um, if you have a co-founder because you're in it together and you're preparing for every step of the challenge or adventure together. So it feels very supported and supportive. And we were just like walking on the street one day and just asking, you know, I would go to, I would say to Christine, what's your cost of goods? You know, prepare like <laughs> pretending that I'm a shark and then she would like fire her answer. She would say like, what's your shipping costs? Why do you have this warehouse? Where is it located? And I would answer, you know, we would just prepare these things like randomly, but it really helped us to prepare for like um, questions that we might not expect to have. Amazing. Oh my <laughs> God. Amazing. You guys were so on top of it. We prepared. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. So do you feel like being on the show helped you grow? Absolutely. I think it was one of the reasons why we grew. Um, there were so many other milestones, but I think this was a key, key um, turning point for our business. First of all, I think Shark Tank has a viewership, at least at that time, of 9 million oh. across the nation. And it's a, it's a show that globally is, is loved, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing is, we didn't realize, the Shark Tank has this replay over and over again. So it wasn't just a one-time thing that we, you know, leveraged. That show, um, recur that show was playing over and over again throughout the next couple of years. Um, but, but the biggest thing was because the viewership was so large, we were getting a ton of traffic from just that, the eight minutes that we were on air. And I still remember our site went down we're getting so many real-time emails and tweets that we had to respond right away. I mean, we were out of stock completely, just right away. So it was insane. We had to send out this email to all of our customers apologizing that the shipping might not be on time <laughs> because of um, you know the unexpected high demand that we had. And at the time, our, our warehouse was in Brooklyn. So... Christine and I took our team down to Brooklyn and we packed ourselves for a full week together with our warehouse. Wow. Oh my gosh. Like exploded. It, it definitely exploded. And it just overall our traffic, but our sales kind of went up um, to the next level. That's after that. incredible. So at that time you were just curating yeah. K beauty brands. So what, what made you realize that you wanted to start an in-house brand as opposed to just the curation aspect? Like what made you want to introduce that? Yeah, so Christine and I always were passionate about product development because that's what we did in our, in our previous lives. And, you know, personally, I've developed products for eight plus years. So it's something that I just loved so much. Um, so I think at one point we wanted to get into that. We just didn't know when or how. Um, but, you know, as we were running our business with the KBD brands and products, there were a lot of moments of inspiration. So, you know, our customers and our community loved KBD for the sensoriality, the textures, the interesting ingredients. Um, again, the results that they saw with Glow was um, these were all parts of why KBD was so popular. We also learned that, you know, there was this myth of 15, 20 steps um, that are required in the K-Beauty skincare routine, which we didn't think was, first of all, it's not true and it's a myth, 
but a lot of people saw that these were popping in multiple articles and were overwhelmed. I mean, a lot of people th- here still are looking for condensed routines and, um, you know, no one really has a time to spend so much time in the bathroom or, you know, in front of your medicine cabinet. And, um, you know, we also had this aha moment when we were in Sephora stores where the beauty advisors were telling us, and I think it was a time when there was a Korean beauty animation that was um, happening across the nation in all stores. And we were really excited to check it out. And we were talking to the beauty advisors and they said, you know, we love K-Beauty and our customers love K-Beauty. But if I'm not using the 15-20 steps myself, how can I recommend that to my clients? And that's when we had this aha moment again, when we just felt this urge to break that barrier, you know, bust that myth and tell people, hey, look, guys, you don't need so many steps. You don't need so many layers for your skin to look great. There are different ways to leverage what you love about K-Beauty, but still within a few steps. So that was our inspiration moment of wanting to create our own brand. And then there were some other elements of inspiration as to why we created our own brand. So we wanted to start with a couple of SKUs only. Um, as you know, the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask is our OG. And we also launched our Blueberry Bounce Gentle Cleanser at the same time because cleansing is such an important step. And we wanted to introduce that right off the bat. But with the Watermelon product, we wanted to introduce an ingredient that wasn't introduced in skincare here but that was so deeply rooted into our upbringing and what we've seen in terms of the skin transformation that we've experienced so our grandmothers and this is very commonly um, practiced with uh, korean rituals our grandmothers used to use watermelon wine to rub our irritated skin areas or um, skin rashes during hot summer months in korea and we grew up with you know, seeing that become miraculously better and how it healed our skin so well. And we wanted to introduce that to everybody else. So we decided to infuse watermelon into this new product that we were developing. And as entrepreneurs, we were always running around. Um, we didn't get enough sleep, but we always always wanted to look great because we're meeting new people. We're meeting influencers and editors and customers. And um, we wanted to have glowing skin regardless of the number of hours we slept. So our dream was to create this facial in a jar that gives an ultimate glow um, because it's so packed with amazing concentrated ingredients. So that was the birth of the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask because the goal was to have you wake up to better skin. I love it. And I was telling you right before we started the interview that I bought it, like, I want to say... I want to say like a year, it was definitely like before last summer, I came to New York and I was like, I need to try this product and I'm obsessed with it. Like it soothes my skin so much and it really like I wake up and I feel like my skin feels like more plump and like just like fresh. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's like it and I've I've talked about it so much on Instagram as well. Like such (laughs) a good product. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really fun product too. So how do you use it? The watermelon sleeping mask? So I use it every single day because I cannot live without it. Um, I use it 
as a sleeping mask when I feel lazy this is like my go-to and I often feel that way unfortunately because I travel so much so um, I love cleansing very thoroughly that's when I spend the most time um, you know during my skincare routine and then I would tone with my facial mist the watermelon glow um, ultra fine mist and that really helps to balance the skin and then after that I would either use a pineapple sea bright serum to you know, brighten my dark spots um, and just brighten skin overall. But then I, then I would go to um, the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask right away. Uh, you could just go straight to it after toning as well because it is so concentrated with watermelon, hyaluronic acid, and AHA, which helps to gently smooth your skin, exfoliate very, very gently. So that's one way I use it. Whenever I feel like I need that extra smooth, soft skin, because, you know, there are days when you feel like your skin texture is a, a bit rough um, or dull looking. Those are the days when I just wake up and before I even cleanse my face in the morning, I would apply the watermelon glow sleeping mask. And because you have to cleanse anyway, this is actually a great way to just maximize um, the cleansing opportunity. So I would leave this on for about five to seven minutes on my skin first thing in the morning and that's when I brush my teeth you know just walk around <laughs> read my uh, emails in the morning and then I would cleanse my face and because it gently exfoliates and hydrates the skin is so soft and supple and it's ready for makeup right away so I use it like that I also love using it um, to remove my dry flakes and rough patches so whenever I see for example like some dry flakes on my skin or on my elbow, knee, even the back of my heels, the skin is rougher and there's like dry, like sort of, you know, skin lifted. That's when you want to like soften it, make it, make sure that it's baby soft. I apply a little bit of the watermelon glow sleeping mask, leave it on for a couple of minutes, wash it off. And it's like magic. Oh my God. I'm totally doing that this winter. It's magic. And it yeah, so it's amazing. Yeah. Why not? It really does. So why a sleeping mask? Because I like, I'm I mean, obviously I'm familiar with the idea of a sleeping mask, but so many people might not be. So why, like, is that a technology that's unique to Korea? Because actually the first time I heard of a sleeping mask was through Glow Recipe. Yeah, so sleep, we introduced um, sleeping mask as, I think, one of the first movers in that category. I think now there are a lot of products that are, are sleeping masks. So essentially what a sleeping mask is, is a product that helps you... Um, you know, the, a product that's packed with concentrated ingredients that work overnight to treat your skin, to turn around your skin so that the next morning your skin looks better and more radiant. And that's really the concept of it. Um, you know, it's a little bit different, for example, f uh, c from your nightly moisturizer because of the concentration of some of the key active ingredients. So for us, we had to create something, again, it's coming from our lifestyle and that was the inspiration. We were always running around and we weren't getting enough sleep so we wanted to maximize people's time we needed that you know time is gold for everybody right so if you're sleeping anyway whether it's one hour or 10 hours you want to wake up and look better and that's kind of a dream and we wanted to have people experience that without having to go to a facialist or having to go through an extensive um, routine but you know because the formula is very very gentle we were able to add AHA, but because it's gentle, it helps to gently lift your dead skin and gently exfoliate so that you can use it every single night and not have to fear, you know, any irritation or side effects. 
Um, so even the most sensitive skin can enjoy using it. So that was really important for us as, as a sleeping mask. If you're somebody that's um, just wanting to look great for makeup application, and if you're a makeup junkie and you're using a ton of makeup um, on your face, this is actually amazing for that. And so, you know, even though we position it as a sleeping mask, we're giving this um, usage tip across, you know, our communication touch points because we want people to maximize this jar. I mean, it's it's a pretty substantial size. It lasts a long time, but it can give you so many different benefits throughout your day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if someone is wanting to use it as a sleeping mask, do you put it on after your moisturizer then or do you not need a moisturizer? So if you have dry skin, um, I would suggest that you you apply a moisturizer and then this sleeping mask. But the rule of thumb here is that you need to use a lightweight moisturizer because this sleeping mask is very thin, as you know. It's kind of like this jelly texture that's Mm -hmm. breathable and it just glides on your skin, but it also absorbs really fast. So if you have a clunky, thick, creamy texture applied prior to this step, then it's not going to really absorb better. So I would suggest using a lightweight textured moisturizer and then layering this on. But in general, um, I would say you can really replace your moisturizer with this too. Such a good tip. So since we're already on the topic of masking, what are some of your favorites? So as a mask, yeah, yeah, (laughs) as a mask, yeah. So I love, obviously, this OG mask, the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask. Yes, of course. Um, And we're actually launching two new products under the sleeping mask category because we want to, again, make sure that everyone is maximizing the sleep. Why not beauty sleep and wake up to better and glowing skin? Multitasking. Multitask and get the most out of your time because that's always our mantra. Um, We wanted to um, give a really effective result for your under eye and your overall face for those that need not only repair, but brightening and stronger skin barrier. So we've launched. Yeah. Okay. So we just launched um, two new products into our growing assortment. Guys, I'm looking at it right now. The packaging is so cute. I'm showing this to you for the first time. So first, I took out this really cute cute. jar. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is the Avocado Retinol Eye Sleeping Mask. So we created this eye product that has encapsulated retinol and coffee berry and hyaluronic acid. And this is amazing to treat your dark circles, but also milia and um, nourish the eye area. So for someone who doesn't know, what is milia? So milia is um, the little bumps that you see under your eye. Um, This occurs sometimes if you have excess oil that's applied um, onto your eye because your under eye is the only part of the skin on your face that doesn't have oil glands. So when there's extra oil then necessary, then it could have this um, unbalance and it'll react in a way you don't want (laughs) basically when things are out of balance your skin reacts to protect your skin and those are the little bumps that you'll see so a lot of times you know people that used rich thick eye creams can potentially experience that Um, but it could have you know a lot of reasons can be external aggressors as well so we learned that retinol is a powerful potent ingredient that pretty much does it all It, it really has this amazing cell turnover power Um, to bring back your skin to the healthiest state. But what we've also learned is that retinol is very potent. 
too potent sometimes. So for those that have very sensitive skin or for those that are afraid of any side effects, you know, it could be something to caution. So traditional free-formed retinol can create um, peeling or peeling effect for those that have sensitive skin or have used other active ingredients. And if you layer, you know, strong active ingredients, sometimes there's this reaction on your skin. What we wanted to create with this product and the face mask, the avocado retinol face mask, is we wanted the experience to be gentle yet effective. And quite literally, this new technology that we developed with our labs is encapsulation of retinol. So imagine this potent, very strong active ingredient wrapped and enveloped with a bubble. <laughs> it's like a clear bubble that protects this ingredient. But what this allows is, you know, it gently penetrates into your skin, but then slowly releases over time. So not everything is potent and acting up right off the bat as soon as you apply the product. So that's really, for me, the innovative breakthrough technology that we're introducing here because we don't want anyone to have under-eye reaction. Totally. But also, we want to help treat dark circles. It's such a problem for, I think, everybody. (laughs) And also, milia is a big problem. I mean, I don't think that I've seen products speak to milia, but I hear this as a concern from pretty much everybody that I know. I face it sometimes. It comes in and out, but whenever I see it, it's just such a struggle. Um, The other thing is, you know, this encapsulated retinol really helps to smooth the skin. So if you're somebody that uh, wants to apply under eye concealer or, you know, makeup in general, you want to have smooth, um, smooth skin canvas. And this will really help with the, the fine lines and wrinkles as well. Love it. And it's the same, I guess, with the actual like mask itself as well, right? The actual mask. So we have... Um, the avocado retinol sleeping mask. So we were launching the duo under the, ret- the encapsulated retinol technology. And this face mask is extra, extra amazing for not only soothing the redness. So you would think, oh my God, retinol, like, am I going to get redness? This is actually the opposite. This is a b- retinol can be a really powerful ingredient to soothe the skin if done the right way so we're maximizing that but we're also helping to treat dark spots hyperpigmentation because retinol helps to really even out and balance the skin it also helps with congested pores and texture so if you have pore issues if you have a rough skin texture you want everything to look smooth and glidey this is a really amazing product for that Oh, I'm going to be alternating between this and the watermelon, <laughs> you know, sleeping mask. I'm going to have a product you can use every day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. OK, so what are some like maybe a couple of skincare secrets that you've learned from Korean beauty? So I love this question. Um, one of the big tips that I religiously um, use every single day is cleansing for one full minute. Christine actually told me this when she I did? saw her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we swear by it because it definitely works. And I really believe that if you cleanse properly, everything will work a thousand times better. If you have a good, spongy, damp skin that's ready to absorb th- all the active ingredients and all the money that you spent on the expensive products in your routine, you're going to maximize it if your skin is clean and just, you know, completely ready for the next steps. And in order to get there, you do need to thoroughly cleanse and remove makeup in a very effective way. So what I love to do is apply the the cleanser, and I love using the Blueberry Balance Gentle Cleanser, on damp skin, 
leave it on for about five minutes and I almost use it like a cleansing mask. Wow. And it's Good so effective because it has a lot of hyaluronic acid in it. So it's not only um, effectively cleansing the skin, but it's it's really hydrating. Yeah. So it leaves the skin plump. And then you massage it off instead of rubbing it off. That's really important too. So it's all about the approach once again, where you're taking that gentle approach of giving it a nice massage, not rubbing hard and causing any friction because that could um, cause micro tears and that could sensitize your skin. And then washing your face with lukewarm water, splashing the water as opposed to rubbing it once again, and then finishing it off with cold spl- cold water is uh, is a small tip. It's so funny because um, while in New York, I've done three other interviews with like skincare experts and everyone has echoed this tip like the importance of cleansing and I feel like it's so easily overlooked but then like we're brushing our teeth for like two minutes and yet like spending 10 seconds cleansing our skin like what (laughs) yeah exactly and then the other tip is you know again it's a very consistent theme take a gentle approach nothing harsh works for your skin um is to ditch the towel and um we don't use towels at all for our face. Wow. Um, it's been like that for many years, actually. And our moms don't use towels. This is because the towels can either be too rough um, and harsh for the skin. And people tend to rub it on your skin, right? You don't just pat with towel. And if you're someone that takes really gentle care with a towel, that's fine. But then the other risk is, you know, if you're not somebody that um, closes the toilet lid every single time that's used there's a risk of the particles from the toilet that could splash onto your towel and that's not hygienic. And there's science that when you flush the toilet, um, it could actually go up to 20 feet. Oh, can you imagine rubbing that onto your face after you've done all the hard work of cleansing with a great product? Okay. I'm like (laughs) burning all my towels from (laughs) my face, like never using whatever I (laughs) get. Obviously, I use a towel for my body, but yeah, I think you not know, your my face, face, not my face. <laughs> I mean, that's the most important part in a way for your skin. So, you know, just taking that delicate care is is um, what we swear by. So you just, I guess, you just leave your skin to air dry, essentially. Yeah, or pat it with your hands. I mean, your hands by patting action will help absorb um, the excess water on your face. And then it's also, you know, we recommend using the next products or any steps on damp skin, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to dry out your skin completely before you apply the next product. It's kind of like the analogy of, you know, wet and dry sponge. If the sponge is dry, it's it's better. Um, it's more effective and it absorbs any other element better versus something that's like dry and like, you know. <laughs> so smart. <laughs> right. Yeah. So your skin is the same way. You know, it, it's it, when it's damp, it's actually ready to absorb the next ingredients better and more effectively. Perfect. Um, okay, so that was my last question. And before we wrap, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, so we're really excited to be in all of the Sephora stores in North America, across Canada and the U.S. We're available on sephora.ca, sephora.com, and glowrecipe.com. And you can find us on social. We have our Instagram handle, glowrecipe. Um, a lot of our tutorials are also on our IGTV as well as YouTube, Glow Recipe. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wait, do you want to receive a short email from me with exclusive content every week? 
Sign up to the Icing and Glitter newsletter and I'll send you my top five skincare secrets along with a weekly email with bite-sized tips and tricks, giveaways, recipes, and so much more. I'll leave the details in the show notes. 